0: Welcome to Nourishing the Feminine Soul with Pamela Wasabi. Take a deep breath and open up to the possibilities of what your life has to offer. Pamela and her guests will show you how you can take charge of your life by embracing the values of the wild woman. Exhale, learn to trust yourself again, embrace your infinite power of intuition, and love yourself crazy. Now, here's your host, Pamela Wasabi. good
1: morning today we're gonna start with a poem named love is grace from the book woman of the moon the ultimate testament of self-love is finding grace even as you are falling into quicksand finding grace is finding the beauty during the compressing suffocating moments when your heart is off beat your thoughts repeat like a scratch record and your hormones are having a ball Finding grace is, in spite of it all, holding your own hand, having your own back, and walking yourself home. Finding grace is replacing self-judgment with self-observation. Finding grace is staring at your own eyes and reminding yourself that the biggest success of your entire life is being alive right here, right now. To love yourself is the most gracious waltz there is. Poem, Love is Grace, Woman of the Moon. You can find this book on amazon.com. Good morning, my dear friends. My name is Pamela Wasabi. I am your host, and this is your show, Nourishing the Feminine Soul. This show is an invitation to understand relationships with self, with others, with your body and food, from the archetype of the wild woman i hope that from our conversations you can gather insights to unveil the power of your divine feminine this is a power that we all have access to because it lives within us this is your intuition this is that little voice this is trusting yourself and the whole purpose The whole purpose of connecting with this energy is simply to be happy. That is the purpose of life, to be happy. You can uh, catch us online or on air every Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And if you want to listen to past episodes or you want to replay this show, you can find us wherever podcasts are being heard. Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, uh, find your favorite. So my dear friends, today I want to dedicate this episode to my loved ones, to my dear friends, and to those who sometimes feel lost in their way. Too often I hear people complaining about life, frustrated with their outcome or simply unhappy with who they are. This episode is for them. This episode is for those people who need to be reminded that all they need to do all they need to do is love themselves just a tiny little bit more. Just uh just unconditionally, actually, radically. So just not a tiny little bit more, but it's with everything. Love yourself crazy. However, I can preach, I can write, I can talk about the path to healing. I can tell you to love yourself crazy, but nothing will change unless your perspective about who you are changes. Unless you decide how you decide to change how you are seeing yourself today. So please have in mind that self-compassion is one of the tools that you have at your reach to change perspectives and make of your life the best, the best one ever. Um, I understand, of course, that no path is alike, that sometimes uh, talking about this is easier than doing it. But it is in us. We have that power. Like I said before, we have that divine feminine power within. And we always have a choice. Actually, my daughter reminded me of that this weekend. We had a little bit of uh, uh, difficulty in the water. She got very scared and we had to go back to a boat. Uh, well, just to tell you the story and to give you a little bit of the visual We went on a little boat and we found this beautiful beach. We were in the Pacific coast and we decided to swim to the beach. So we had to get off the boat and swim to the beach. She was a little bit tired. So she decided to um, jump in this float and I was pulling her. And then when we were getting closer to the shore, the waves just grew out of nowhere and she got flipped over. And so her reaction, of course, she was extremely scared and she was kind of like having a little panic attack. I mean, she's someone that, she was born in the water. She loves the water. She, she's she been swimming since, since she was like out of the womb. Uh, but she was very scared and she didn't want to go back to the boat. Of course, that was the only way out. And we were trying to explain to her that the only way to go back to the boat was to you know swim again and she she looks at me and she says no mommy there's always two ways there's always two ways and so that's a beautiful reminder that the other way was not you know flying over but to change our perspective so she calmed herself we we i helped her to take deep breaths and then when she was calm again and when she was able to assess the situation as it was which is it's just only a wave and we have to swim under or jump over she you know a smile just grew up again in her face and she went for it and and we did it but that's a beautiful reminder that there's always two ways and one of those waves is just one of those ways is to change perspectives Um, Yes, if you were not taught that, then seek it. Learn it by your own means. So uh, today I have a very sweet soul joining us. Her name is Brianna Rose. She's uh, licensed as a mental health counselor in the state of Florida. She's also a yoga instructor. She also knows about Qigong and somatic therapy. She has studied psychology for the last 10 years, uh, following a master's degree in mental health counseling. And uh, she's here with us today. And today we're going to talk about uh, that process of stress, trauma, that mind and body connection, uh, somatic therapy, which I'm I'm so eager to learn more about, and... um, well, you know, one thing that uh, Brianna and I have in common is that uh, her strongest belief is that breath, movement, awareness, and self-compassion are the key architects of resilience and deep healing. So there is where the, the magic lies, where we're unable to dive deep into those um, attributes of life and realize that all we need is right here inside of us. So, my dear Brianna, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here and to share with everybody here.
1: Yes, Uh, it's been quite uh, the journey. Uh, I love how Miami, you know, it might seem as a big city, but it's actually very small. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I met at a healthy cafe. And then suddenly we find each other in the same field, uh, you know, in the holistic field and doing what we know best what to do, which is uh, facilitating healing or inviting people to understand about this mind-body connection. And so it's wonderful that we cross paths again and now you're here on my show.
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. It feels like it's been a lifetime, but you know, the first kind of taste that I got of you is, is reading your first book. And the minute that I started reading your book, it felt so resonant to me and to my journey. And I feel incredibly grateful and happy that we got to circle all the way around to meet each other again and for me to be here and to be sharing. And I know that we wanted to start off with a little bit about my background and what brought me to this point. And I was raised with chiropractors. So my, my mom and my dad are both chiropractors. And so this idea that the body is such a conduit to healing and the body is such a, a source of like this massive wisdom, if we could just tap into it and we could just learn to communicate with it. And as I grew up, I, I really found that there was a missing link between chiropractic and mental health. You know, mental health works a lot with the emotions and, and we work so much with the brain and then chiropractic works so much with the body. And there is the missing link, which is for me, somatic therapy that, that joins the two of them. And every step that I've taken along my journey has has continued to navigate me closer and closer to this idea of somatic therapy, which is the idea that you can actually affect the processes in your brain through your body. You can actually process through trauma through your body, and that can actually affect the structure of your brain. So incredibly fascinating stuff. And the more and more I learn about it, the more excited, and the more, the more desire I have in me to share this information with the world because I feel like it's lacking in a way.
1: Yes. Uh, so I, I do want us to go a little bit uh, back in your story, um and then you know kind of like tie it in what you said at the beginning uh you read my book nourish which is a book about relationship with food and how each one of us has its own path to find what happiness and health means to them right um and then my my latest book is about eating disorders and food issues mm. um and then my point is that we cannot be passionate about a subject unless we have experience or gone deep through that path to understand or see the issue from a different perspective, right? Because, you know, a little bit, you were talking about uh, how, you know, Western medicine or uh, presents healing or, it pres- or psychology presents um, uh, healing also, you know, from one stance only, maybe it's just about the brain or just about the body. But when we combine these both, we understand that everything is connected. Mm -hmm. Right. So my point here is that um, what made you so passionate to understand this connection and when in your life did you realize that this was missing in your life? Because I know that at some point we have that, you know, that switch, you know, that switch goes up or down and we kind of like get it. And we're like, wow, this is what I was meant to do because now I have this power within me to share with others.
2: Right. Right and you know it's funny because i've i've always teetered along this line like i feel like we all have this driving force within us when we find when we're looking for our purpose and you do get that aha moment and i think for me it was you know i was i was deep in meditation one day and you know, I struggled with anxiety a lot over the past five years, like extremely intense. And I think I've always struggled with anxiety, but it was kind of like put into different pockets. Like I struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. And that was the channel of my anxiety for a long time. And then, you know, I had obsessive compulsive disorder and I, and I channeled my anxiety into the obsessive actions. And then as I got older, it transformed itself into this this pure overwhelming anxiety. And while I was in meditation, like I was imagining that I was like following this dark force through my body that is anxiety. And I was like, I was like ready to attack in a way like setting, setting the warriors loose to try to find this anxiety and destroy it. And when I, I felt like I finally came upon the anxiety and that, and that black force showed up as this little girl And she was just weeping and weeping and weeping and just like so exhausted and like just asking to be held. And in that moment, I I wrapped my arms around my body and I held myself. And the feeling of being able to embrace myself and allowing my body to have a visceral experience of what an unconditional love looks like and feels like transformed in that moment, my relationship to my anxiety. And I think that we all have the capacity to, to access these spaces of safety and compassion and acceptance within ourselves. And we can amplify the way that we show our bodies and we show our psyches, how we can accept ourselves by using somatics to assist us. And it's not just like, this is not just a woo-woo kind of idea. There, There's so much research that shows how we can actually begin to bring our brain from a space of seeking and feeling danger to a place of experiencing safety by using self-compassion and by using these really loving processes and, and somatic experiences. So for me, that was like, it came as such a shock because I don't think we understand how much we demonize our natural processes and how much we demonize our, our anxiety, our depression, these very human experiences that everyone to a certain extent experiences. And yet, you know, we we have a culture where everyone's putting on a face and no one's sharing in this communal human experience. Everyone's like, these are my successes, these are, these are the perfect parts of me, and everything else is just taboo. So being able to acknowledge and hold ourselves in all of our natural human processes also gives us the capacity to hold and connect with other people, and that is the fabric of community. That's the fabric of health is to be able to connect.
1: Yes, huh. That was very profound. And I think you you were able to, to reach something in someone uh, everywhere in the world right now. Um, one of my questions to you was, how come we have forgotten to be kind to ourselves? And I think that's what, exactly what you described. Uh, we have actually forgotten how to deal with the most important situations in our lives. And that is not all just about being happy and successes, but it's also about falling down and holding ourselves in moments of deep pain. i going to get a little bit sentimental here, but um, it's like we, we, either we are so afraid of feeling deeply, Or we are so numb to not feeling that we just don't know how to do it anymore.
2: Right.
1: You know? And we don't understand that sometimes those feelings and those emotions is what can actually connect us to one and the other in a place where the body, the physical, what's going on in the world does not fucking matter. You know, it's where you and I are completely naked or we're completely a light source and we can see each other for whom we really are. And yet we're here in the world fighting with each other. And sometimes, and I'm just going to uh, use your example, you know, we uh, channel out aggression or anxiety or depression or anger. And we don't understand that actually what we are doing is asking for help.
2: Right.
1: Right. So there is this like missing link, as you were saying before, there is this, um, I don't know, it's like before being a missing link, it's like we actually just forgot how to be human, you know. Um, I was telling you before the show, we had the chance to chat a little bit. We were just getting into the show right away. Um, Anyways, not to get sidetracked. uh, The first time that I heard about somatic therapy was when I was doing research for my book, The Wild Woman Book, which is coming at the end of this year. Um, Because in my field, um, which is eating disorders and food issues and relationship with food and the body, and there is a lot of complaining about one's body, right? Uh, especially women, they look at themselves in the mirror and they don't like what they see and they blame the body and they blame the fat and they blame the skin and they blame their hips, their bones. They they blame everything that they see and they attack it. And so for them, the solution, because they don't know better, is just to seek diets, is to seek pills, is to seek doctors, is to seek all these different um outlets in the outside to kind of like um address those issues but what we don't realize is that those issues have nothing to do with the outside but have everything to do with the inside and so as somatic therapy how i came across it is that all that extra fat that sometimes we carry or maybe sometimes that lack of retaining fat because that's also an issue a food issue um is due to the our own uh, process of dealing with trauma or dealing with stress right and so it's almost like a like a mechanism of the body of survival to hold on to weight or to let it go because we just don't know on a conscious level how to deal with traumatic experiences or very stressful experiences so we either just uh ignore what just happened and keep going and the body's wisdom just keeps accumulating this extra energy or stores this extra energy or or fat um just to keep us alive uh and then there is that missing link there where we just we just don't know what's going on and instead of going with we keep attacking the body we keep attacking what we see so I remember when uh, I found somatic therapy, which in a way, uh, how it was explained to me is that moment where an animal in the wild uh, experiences stress or freezes, uh, that very uh, common or popular saying, um, the fight or flight uh, mm-hmm. response, which is, you know, for those who are not familiar with this um, uh, reaction of the the body this is a natural reaction that every living being experiences Uh, let's say there's a deer in the jungle and the deer is being attacked by a lion so the deer either freezes or runs very fast and then there's this amount of uh, stress and trauma running through the deer's veins uh, when the when the danger is gone, the deer has to shake itself off. And this is a movement that we see our cats when they wake up in the morning, the dogs, all animals shake things off and they just continue with their day and they don't go thinking about what just happened over and over again for the rest of their days or their lives, right? But that's what we do. <laughs> so we forgot to shake things off. We forgot how to deal with that stress. We forgot We forgot. I mean, it's like, did we forget or or have, have we ever known how to do this? Like, how come we don't know how to react to these emotions and reactions? And, you know, I, I think I'm just um, kind of like sharing my thoughts out loud, but I am very curious to know, and maybe you can just uh, give me your feedback here, like, why? Why did we forget how to deal with the most important emotions and, and sentiments there is in this life? You know, like there's light and there's dark and both are important. And when there is pain and there is love, you know, those are such deep emotions that do create the fabric of who we are but why have we gotten how, why have we forgotten to deal with these emotions are we that scared
2: there's so much to unpack in what you just said uh-huh. I'm like i'm like deciding where to start with 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 all of that um but i do like it it is an absolute fact that we have forgotten how to deal with stress and you know, I I would imagine that as our deep, deep ancestors had different practices. And, and the fact is, is that, you know, tribal and Native American communities, they didn't forget this. This is why there are drum circles and like dancing. And these are all are all versions of shaking off stress. But in the Western world, we've become so incredibly focused and goal oriented that our survival mechanisms are all channeled into making money and putting on a show and that and that completely disregards the actual survival mechanisms that we need for longevity and for health which is to tend to our physical and mental bodies and the idea you know when an animal gets attacked or is very scared and they and they shake it off you know we have so much of this pent up energy in our bodies and if we don't release it we become very, very frozen. And this is where you know frozen, the feeling of being frozen and shame are so intertwined with each other. And when we're in a space of being frozen and in a space of feeling shameful, there is not a lot of movement we can make. And so as women, especially, we've been taught to be so ashamed of our bodies and the shame itself creates such a stressful response in our body and creates so much cortisol which actually contributes to us gaining more weight, which is ironic. It's like the more that we fight against ourselves, the harder our body is, is fighting back because it's sensing danger. And this is a lot about what somatic therapy is, is about, is recognizing the fact that our brains in this day and age are being taught to identify danger where there's no danger. And so when we teach practices, we're aiming the practices at educating the brain about whether or not things are actually safe or if they're dangerous. And so, you know, it's, we've been taught that we're in danger constantly. And with, without learning a new template, we continue to follow in that pattern And we continue to work against the natural systems of the body. And so rewriting our relationships with food and rewriting our relationships with the constructs that have been kind of sewn into us from the outside world and rewriting them from the inside, I think is paramount to changing the way that we function in this world and finding a way that actually serves us and actually... Contributes to our overall health and doesn't continue to destroy us.
1: Yeah, uh, you <clears throat> uh, you remind me of a beautiful concept that I've been you know talking a lot in all these uh, different episodes, which is, uh, you know, we not only forgot how to deal with stress, but we forgot how to embrace our feminine energy. Uh, this process that we have uh, this automatic process that we have to always be a society that is goal oriented and that seeks outside resources to heal the inside it's a very uh, masculine approach and actually uh, i will go a, a step farther and call it it's a low ego it's a lower ego mind approach uh, that is also uh, based on fear uh, so what i can gather of you know, how I, how I gather what I just said is two things. One, we are a culture that is so afraid of itself that all the mechanisms that we use to survive are fear-based or are um, approaches that keeps us outside of connecting within our feminine soul. And that feminine soul is the one that actually invites us to sit with our feelings, to listen to our emotions, to feel our bodies, to move, to dance. Um, and I think that's why many times in my practice, I see when women start moving and I'm not saying exercising five hours a day in at five, five in the morning, but when they actually start moving, even walking or dancing or feeling themselves or taking baths or or, uh, you know, just embracing the body, not by strength, not by um, strength, but by simply uh, sitting within, it's where the healing happens, it's when the losing weight happens. And to this, I can also add, you know, when we are sexual with our own selves, when we start embracing our own bodies is where that actually starts to, when the healing starts to surface, right? So it is a combination of, of many things, but I think, you know, you did answer my question is this necessity that we have to fix things right away. Um, you know, and that being the goal instead of going deep into the very long journey of understanding what is going on, which, you know, I think is what you did in that deep meditation, where you realized that there was a, a child that needed your attention inside of you. Right. And so many of us just grow up and, turned their backs to that little child that suffered and didn't have the hands to hold on to or the words or the or the guide to acknowledge that something went on and and the moment was needed to process what just happened. <clears throat> Brianna, let's go into a little break and let's continue our conversation. Uh, I'm loving this so far. Uh, you're wonderful. I say you in a little bit
0: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. nourishment and baked goods in the same sentence it's possible you'll want to visit pamelawasabi.com. pamela wasabi bakery specializes in creating delicious desserts made with organic wholesome and exotic ingredients Enjoy cookies, brownies, birthday cakes, and even silky cheesecakes. And the best part? Everything is vegan and gluten-free. Shop at PamelaWasabi.com. Bite into our heavenly lavender cookie with roasted pistachio. Sink your fork into a slice of passion fruit cheesecake or a piece of our decadent vanilla almond cake with rose frosting. Oh, and you must try our customer favorite, a celestial chocolate chip cookie with charcoal salt. Everything we have is delicious. We ship nationwide. And right now, you can use the code vegan to receive free shipping. Place your order today at PamelaWasabi.com. And remember to use the code vegan for free shipping. Pamela Wasabi Bakery. Eat more beauty. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. you are listening to nourishing the feminine soul to get in touch with the show today call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 or send an email to radio at pamela now back to nourishing the feminine soul here's pamela wasabi
1: What's up, my friends? We are back. I am here with Brianna Rose, expert in somatic therapy and psychology. And today's theme is self-compassion. And uh, Brianna and I had uh, quite uh, a laugh (laughs) in the break. (laughs) Because, uh, I mean, you know, we want to deliver a beautiful show and we are, you know, also self-aware sometimes and we sometimes think that we got too nervous or we said the wrong thing and i'm sure you didn't notice and then uh you know she and i went well (laughs) self-compassion right we gotta stop judging ourselves because just as my dear friend and engineer Aaron remind us at the beginning we are our worst critic So self-compassion. It's an open invitation to always give, our, give ourselves a second chance and just uh, go with it and enjoy the process and laugh. That is also one of um, that's a te- technique that my therapist um, teaches me and reminds me of all the time. Every time that I am talking to her and I, I tell her, oh my God, I did this. I don't know. I don't know why. She goes, just laugh. Laugh, 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 laugh because uh, that rewires the system, that reprograms the mind. When you laugh at something, you realize that has very little importance and you can let it go. So in a way, laughing can be one of those shaking off uh, you know, movements that animals uh, uh, resort to in the wild to deal with their emotions. You know, We can also laugh and by laughing, we change the chemistry in the system. You know um i'm glad you know this this uh, little episode during the break took us to to this uh very important uh, attribute of life which is laugh laugh enjoy yourself mm. um <clears throat> so brianna uh, we left off talking about the masculine the masculine and the feminine and how um you know, at the end of the day, I think you and I are doing very similar work, uh, but you focus more in the body and how to process emotions in the physical body, which, I mean, I say physical body, but it is more deep within the fabric of the mind and body connection but it does manifest on the physical level somehow Mm -hmm. and I do more of them I was saying the more of the philosophical work where we have to reframe the way that we see things so it's about changing the mentality and understanding and you know again here's where you and I kind of like Align, uh, we have forgotten how to address the feminine soul or the feminine energy within. So you were talking about this circular energy, which is the feminine energy, which is the one that um, allows you to sit down and reflect. Um, I think I'm just going to give you the mic right here. And I want you to tell me in your own words, how is that you see this feminine energy? Uh, why are we lacking connecting with it? Um, And how can we embrace it a little bit more?
2: Yes, and I know we spoke a little bit on the break about this, um, but the feminine energy really is this circular energy. And that is something that we have become very afraid of, especially in the culture that we live in. As I said before, we're we're a very goal-oriented culture. And the idea that we should have to sit and process through emotions feels antithetical to what society is telling us to do. And so we create this shame response around emotions, which really ironically keeps those emotions in place. And I'm sure that people out there who are listening can attest to this. It's like when we have this this wicked anxiety or this depression, and the more that we try to push it away the more that it keeps coming back it's like it's demanding to be heard it's demanding to be felt and then that experience creates even more fear in us because that's what we're afraid of in the first place the idea that we could get into an anxiety or depression and that could last forever and so the idea of switching the perspective we have to in order to get through and actually allow these experiences to transform us we have to dive into them We have to go into the washing machine for a minute and experience the depression, the anxiety, the grief, like the world is asking us to feel. And the more that we push that away, the more we perpetuate it. And these are the kind of things that become part of the collective shadow and the collective shadow. It's like, there's this aggression that gets expressed outwards because we have so much emotion that is not allowed to be expressed. It's like, a kid who who has a lot of anxiety, sometimes they'll be really aggressive because they have energy that they want to express and they don't know how to express it. They don't have the tools. And as a society, I feel as though we do the same thing. And so moving back to the idea of community, if we felt like we had permission to be in community and to be with others and to share the depth of the experience that we were having, that energy would stop circling in the same way. And it would, it would actually take on the transformative power that it has the capacity for. Because really, there's so much content, and there's so much beauty in the depth of our feeling body and the way that The way that even anxiety, as I like spoke about in my own experience, anxiety has been such a transformative energy for me. Like it has forced me to look in and to uncover the blueprint that's running behind my entire life. And without that anxiety, without gathering the courage to actually dig into it, I never would have realized what blueprint I was working off of. And so it might be scary and this is why I think therapy is such a beautiful and powerful tool for us to have, to be able to go into those dark places together and see what they have to offer and to bring those those dark experiences to tea with us and be like, like I'm here, Like, tell me what you have to share with me. I'm open. Rather than continuing to pile the shame and the fear on top of it, which just, it amplifies it and it distorts it so that the messages become harder and harder for us to understand.
1: Yes, Um, one thing that I want to mention is that in most cases when we are in a state of fear, we amplify, as you were just saying, uh, the thing that we're looking at. So in my book, The Wild Woman Book, I have this example. I also invite people to go through the swamp, right? And we are afraid of the dragons, but, In that swamp process, in that process of going through the swamp and and walking through the swamp and and dealing with the darkness and with the dangers of, you know, being deep in the rainforest or jungle, whatever it is, you realize that it was not a dragon that you were afraid of, that maybe it was a a lizard. (laughs) So we completely distort the reality. We distort reality when we're in a place of fear and shame and guilt. And that is what's stopping us from taking the next step. So, you know, in that that stance of being frozen, we just look at the world as it is this very dangerous place, and we completely go at it with our thoughts and with our fears, and we make it a bigger picture than what it really is. And then those who dare to go into that swamp or to climb that wall, just as the story of the Buddha you realize that you were just uh, like the only person that was stopping you from taking that trip was yourself. You were convincing yourself of all of these stories. And you also bring in the collective pain of the world or or the collective... emotions that we all share. We all share these four different fears that dictate what we do in our lives. And doesn't matter who you are in the world, you have to deal with those at a point in your life unless, you know, you were brought up in a very different culture or society, which is possible, but we are collectively we're afraid of not being lovable. Mm-hmm or not being loved, we are afraid of being alone, we are afraid of not being enough, and we are also afraid of failure. And so these are the fears, these are the guards that we put um, on top or like in front of ourselves, and we convince ourselves that we cannot do it because of these four uh, you know, very dangerous uh, warriors that are stopping us from getting what we really want or living our own life. But in reality, that is a made-up uh, belief system of our society and our culture, right? Because it's not that you're not lovable. It's that you don't love yourself or you were, never learned how to love yourself. It's not that you're alone. You have everything inside of you. It's not that you're not enough. You're everything, <laughs> right? You, you, are, you are, and that's enough. And fear of failure, that's being afraid of our own light. That's being afraid of our responsibility in the world when we actually make it, when we actually understand that there is a purpose, there is a mission in life. So, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I think that uh, the fear and the stress or the or not wanting to go deep and face the swamp or, you know, uh, sit deep and deal with our emotions is is a fear of becoming who we really need to be in this world and it's kind of like unlearning all those uh, kind of like magnets that you know get attached to ourselves and our mentality into you know that tell us constantly you cannot do it you're not enough you're not lovable and you're alone and you know and life is cruel but you know it's just uh it's, it's that it's a change of perspective it's a change of belief system and that reminds me also of something that you were mentioning before um, and this is something also that Mark David, my teacher uh, in the psychology of eating field taught me, and is that um, a stress threat is anything either imaginary or real that your body believes in. So, you know, we can be watching a movie and that can cause us the same stress response as dealing with somebody's death in our family. So it really goes down to what we believe in and what what we tell ourselves and how we decide to see ourselves, right? Right? Um, yeah. So that brings us back to. You know, probably one of the first steps to embark on this journey of going into the depths of our soul is to, is to have that self compassion, and realize that there's always second chances. Uh, the reality is what we make out of it. And and there's nothing to lose, to be honest.
2: Mm. Yes. When you, you know, it's funny because I read The Slow Down Diet, which is by your teacher a very long time ago. And, you know, I kind of forgot how much his work has influenced me moving forward. And what you just said about how you know, anything that comes up in our mind, our body experiences that as reality. And I don't think we give enough credit to how powerful our mind-body connection is and how real we could make something for us when there is nothing to be afraid of or when there is no real obstacle in the way. We're literally just standing in front of ourselves and blocking ourselves. And working with that idea of somatic therapy and and when we we can actually go into memories that created that feeling of that fear of being alone that fear of being unloved that that fear of success like we all have experiences in life that either amplify that fear inside of us or teach us that that you don't have to be afraid of that and that depends on our upbringing and 90 percent of people i would say maybe 99% of people have been brought up by parents that just don't know any better. I mean, I feel like we're entering the first generation of parents who actually have the capacity to understand that their words create an internal environment inside of their children that will sustain them or destroy them until the time that they're an adult and it will dictate the journey that they take inside of themselves. And so, the power of the mind is that we can go back to these instances, like go into a full body experience of that moment. Maybe you were three or four years old and you just got yelled at for doing something so little wrong. And so for the rest of your life, you're just always afraid of doing something wrong. Like there's that anxiety. We can go into a felt sense experience and reparent ourselves and, and imagine ourselves as the parent speaking the words that we needed to hear. And our brain can start to rewrite that memory for us. Our brain has the capacity to do that. And then the body has the capacity to respond to the way that the brain is changing. So the idea, it's funny, this is a little off topic, but you know, a few years ago, I, w- I got extremely depressed. I was working in community mental health, and I was working in really bad parts of Miami and working with way too many clients, and I got viciously depressed <laughs> And I ended up getting on antidepressants for two years. And when I went to get off of them, my doctor said to me, just so you know, your brain is never going to change. Like, this is just how it is. Like, if you get off of this, you're definitely going to have to get back on it. And the amount of anger that I felt at this, that this is a message that we are sending out to people. We have 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds taking antidepressants and when they want to get off of them, a doctor that's supposedly trained in the field is telling them, once you get off this, you're broken. That is poison. That is absolute poison to be sending into the minds of young people. We have every single capacity to change the brain. There are so many ways to do that. And I feel like that's something that needs to be heard. We can change the brain using traditional Chinese medicine. We can change the brain using breathing exercises. We can change the brain using polyvagal theory. We can change the brain in a million ways. It serves only the corporations and the pharmaceutical corporations to tell people that they don't have the capacity to change themselves. That is untrue in every single sense of the word.
1: Yeah, um, you know, one of, uh, in my book, I write, the wild woman is dangerous, and she's dangerous because she thinks for herself. Um, and as you were saying, this this wild woman archetype is dangerous to the corporate mind because she cannot be controlled, and you cannot be controlled when you believe Uh, your own set of thoughts. And when you think for yourself and thinking for yourself is questioning the narrative that is going on outside of your environment, right? Or the narrative that is being sold to you every single day through paid advertisement or whatever it is, right? So, you know, the the Western medicine, it's very tricky. Uh, I see it as uh, necessary in cases of emergency when we have a shot wound or, you know, in in those cases is when we need to um, resort to this type of medicine, which goes in hand with uh, Eastern medicine, when you actually uh, can rely in a process that allows you to or facilitates healing, right? It doesn't heal you, it facilitates healing, but providing natural tools and treatments and lifestyle modifications that Um, invites you to align more with who you are and by knowing who you are, by being loyal to your set of thoughts, by being loyal to your belief system, by um, thinking for yourself is how you can defeat the system. Right. Right. So, um, and this is pretty much the, the the invitation i think of every holistic doctor you know we're not selling another pill you know it's not about selling herbs it's actually about empowering you to be you to becoming you and that is the process i mean you know we can say oh you have this condition this physical condition you have you know this thyroid condition or you this you have this heart problem or you have whatever it is and it, it that condition might manifest in a physical way but any type of condition, either emotional, physical, psychological, um, it's a, it's an invitation to rewire your system and trying to find who is that you really are. So I think that is the process of everyone in this life. It's kind of like, uh, go back to that purity or go back to that mind, uh, that can, that mind that you were born with, that mind that can appreciate nature for what it is, that mind that is curious about the waves crashing in the ocean, I mean, that that mind of a child, which is um, so excited to live life and embrace life for what it really is, instead of like always trying to patch it up or band-aid it with different tools and things because we think that we need of the outside to actually be happy. So... You know, uh, that's why I say, you know, the wild woman, it's a dangerous woman because she cannot be tamed. She cannot be controlled. And when I say she, I'm not leaving um, aside men. I'm saying the feminine within everyone, men or women, the feminine, which is your intuition, which is your innate power, which is who you really are, is that, you know, it's that um, it's how you actually can become happy, you know, by really knowing by being very discerning and and asking questions and you know sitting with yourself and really asking does that you know what that person said really resonates with me and then when you start questioning it's, it's where the path kind of like opens up for you when you realize wow you know and here's also my daughter reminded me there's always two ways <laughs> Right there's always two ways you can do as you're told, or you can question, or you can change perspective. So, and at the end of the day, we're all humans here. So nobody can claim to know it all. I don't think it's really possible in this world to uh, hold onto the whole entire w- wisdom of the world. You know, if that happens, I don't think we'll be alive anymore because life is a process and it's a process of discovery. Right. Um, And just to, uh, uh, you know, give you back the mic, (laughs) um, you remind me of something that also uh, Mark David uh, taught us uh, when we were studying psychology of eating and is if you think that, you know, you don't need therapy or that you're healed or that you have everything that it takes. Let me ask you a question. Have you forgotten your parents? Oh, sorry. Have you forgiven your parents?
2: (laughs) Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. I (laughs) like that. (laughs) I like that. Um, I know that we're coming to a close. So I guess I just want to offer an invitation. You know, the idea of self-compassion can feel like a very daunting thing to even experience, especially when we are trained for our entire lives to To be extremely self-critical and to be shameful and so i think that a really gentle entry way is to start meeting your experiences with curiosity like as you said the mind of a child it's like okay (laughs) i feel really depressed today like that's interesting like let me invite my i say it again let me invite my depression to tea like like what do you have to share with me today in a way just like it's an element of humor. It's an element of welcoming. It's like all of our symptoms are inviting us to actually get to know ourselves better. Illness is such a powerful healer in and of itself. It is an invitation back to our bodies. It's our bodies giving us no other option but to come close to ourselves again and to listen to ourselves. So just an invitation to leave us with Yes. So grateful to have shared with yes. you. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Brianna, thank you so much. And this was a wonderful and beautiful episode. And you know, the concept might be very simple, but it's very deep and very powerful. And I just want to remind you to love yourself crazy. And I will keep saying it and I will keep tagging all my posts with it, but it's the most important uh tool that you have in your life to really uh reach the you know the skies the the, the space the planets the stars and make of your life the very best and the one that you want thank you brianna for being with me today it's so thank lovely much love yourself crazy
0: Thank you for tuning into Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Be sure to join Pamela Wasabi for another edition of the program next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until our next show, have a beautiful week.